Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. So we've been going over the Christmas story, the different individuals involved in the first coming of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And um, tonight, we're going to continue with some of these main characters that came, and that would be the uh, wise men. And we have an account of that. The main accounts of the Christmas story are in, in uh, Luke chapter 1 and 2, and uh, also Matthew chapter, uh, at the end of chapter 1 and into chapter 2 as well, uh, are the main portions of the Christmas story. If you don't have a chance or didn't have a chance to read those uh, four chapters, um, they are not the same. They uh, have different angles and perspectives, uh, and they include different, uh, once again, characters that um, uh, are part of that first coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you've missed any of them, you can uh, check us out uh, at our website on lighthouseniagara.com or uh, visit YouTube. Um, you can also check, see us there at Lighthouse Niagara and uh, subscribe so that you don't miss any of the uh, services that we have. So if you have your Bibles, uh, if I could have you turn to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to look at the uh, first 12 verses uh, of this passage. Um, and I like the fact that we're ending with for his glory because our focus this year has been in his love, being all that we can be for his glory. And uh, so many of you have uh, stretched in endeavoring to be all that you can be. And I want you to continue to stretch uh, in all that you can be for the glory of Jesus Christ. It is so important that Jesus Christ is exalted and glorified in our lives. And um, so I want to take a look at uh, this this. Uh, these passages of scriptures, and uh, I want to take a look at these wise men that uh, came, and uh, just a few things to, to, to think upon regarding the, the magi um, that are the wise men that came from the east. So, uh, if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, uh, and it says, Now after... Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So there was this question and this seeking by these men from the east that uh, had come to Jerusalem saying, hey, does anybody know where the king of the Jews is? He's been born. The king of the Jews has been born, so where is he? Does anybody know what king was in power at that point? King Herod. So King Herod was king over the Jews, uh, and he was also not just as king of the Jews, but he was also the... Uh, 
under the Roman Empire at that time. So just so you know that the, the Jews were um, under the control and the, under the authority of the, uh, the Roman Empire. And so there were uh, Romans that were part of the city at that time. Okay, just so you know. Um, and, but Herod was king of the Jews at that time. How do you think he might be feeling with this question of, of another king being born? Threatened. Yeah, that's a good, a good word for it. Threatened and uh, possibly shocked and uh, quite irritated. And we'll see how, how far uh, he would go. Um, so, just a little thing about these wise men from the East. And I, I, I like the fact that Matthew presents them as wise men. And I, I want you, uh, there are some characteristics that we'll look over that we also, if we are wise, would heed those characteristics of behavior and of action, uh, that we also uh, would be wise and called wise uh, for his glory, that Jesus Christ would receive all the glory. So who were these wise men? So the word uh, in the Greek is of foreign origin and is, the, is in Greek uh, magos, magos. So wise men, plural, and... Um, so we don't know. I know the song, I think, says three. We three kings of Orient are. We don't know how many wise men there were. It doesn't say that there were three. We do know that there was at least two because it says wise men. Um, but I, I would say that there, there, yeah, there was at least three, if not more, wise men that had come. And so a the word... Magos, or magus, uh, is given, not maggot, but magus, right? Is given uh, by the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians and others are given this name, magus, as being wise, wise men. So they're known as wise men, according to the Chaldeans or the Babylonians, the Medes, and the Persians, okay? So this, these men coming from the east would have been probably, uh, at this point, probably Medes or Persians. So uh, Babylon would have been closer to is what is now Iraq, whereas Iran is, is going even further to the east, and uh, swinging, yeah. So sort of to the east is where Iran is now. Uh, the Medes and the Persians, when they uh, were in, in power, and they were a superpower, they overcame even the Babylonians uh, in, the, in the 500 BC time. And they, so they overcame the, super, the Babylonian superpower and uh, so they were in charge and in control and, and basically uh, controlled a large portion of the Middle East about, yeah, 
450, 500, 520 years B.C., before Christ came. All right? So that's a key thing here. All right? Um, it says, uh, regarding this, and this word is unique, um, it also could be a false prophet and sorcerer, but in this regard, the wise men, or the wise men were, could have been teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, seers, interpreters of dreams, uh, soothsayers, even sorcerers, would have been given this uh, name. Um, I would say, uh, rather than being astrologers, maybe astronomers, those that would be looking to the, the sky and being aware, they would have known the, the stars, the different constellations, the different... Uh, so they, these guys, so <laughs> if a star showed up in the night sky, there's another star, would you know that there was another star there? Probably not. In fact, you look up in the sky, some, some nights, uh, depending on where you are, you can see uh, many stars. If the, if the moon is, it's, is still on its way up or is covered or whatever, um, you have the sky. You, you can really see the stars. We were up north, um, and uh, we were away from the, the city lights, and it was amazing how many more stars. In fact, you could see the Milky Way. There's just this cloud. Recognizing that that, that thing that looked like a cloud was actually the, the shining of millions and bil probably billions of stars to create this Milky Way. And it looks almost like a cloud uh, at nighttime. So, however, having said that, I, I couldn't look at the sky and say, oh, hey, look. There's another star out there. These guys recognized that there was a star that was out of place or was coming into view or whatever that was not there before because they knew the stars. So scientists, uh, I would say more astronomers who study the stars, okay? Um, wise men. So, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. I just found out today that as I was researching this thing on Mag Magus, the Magus, the Magi, there's some history when it comes to uh, the, the Medes and the Persians. Now, you might say, the Medes and the Persians, like, does anybody know which book talks about the Medes and the Persians, or one book uh, that talks about the Medes and the Persians? Hmm? Kings? All right. Daniel. Daniel talks about the Medes and the Persians. Now, 
who, who was the superpower that, that basically destroyed Jerusalem, they dis, dis, uh, destroyed the temple, basically not one stone, or there was, the whole thing was raised, right, totally down. And uh, the walls were, were breached numerous times. Does anybody know which superpower that was that, that did that and also had taken the, uh, the, the brightest of the students of that time and also the nobles? Does anybody know which superpower did that? The Babylonians. It was the Babylonians. So that would have been around 605 B.C., that Daniel was taken away. So he was a most likely a teenager. So he would have been in his teens. He was considered one of the brightest of the brightest of students. And so he had friends, friends as well uh, that happened to get chucked into the fiery furnace because they didn't bow down. Uh, but they basically stood uh, for... for the acknowledgement of Jehovah, all right? So even to the point of we're not going to bow down to this 90-foot idol uh, that uh, had been erected by uh, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, and that when the sound was made that everybody needed to bow down and worship this idol, um, they, they said, no, we're not going to do that. All right, you may say, well, what does this have to do with the Magi? All right. You already mentioned that the superpower that came into being after the Babylonians was the Medes and the Persians. So the Medes and the Persians, uh, basically these two uh, uh, groups of people, they banded together, they overcame the Babylonians, and after uh, the Medes, the, the Persians continued to grow, and so they, they sort of took over. Um, and we recognize that uh, there was another king that's mentioned in the book of Daniel uh, who was king after Nebuchadnezzar and after his son. Um, does anybody know the name of that king? Uh, this would be a Persian king. Anyone? Okay. I'll give you the name. It's uh, Darius. Okay, so Darius. Now, uh, this, is, this is very uh, important. Um, does anybody know who else would have been involved with the, the Persians, uh, female-wise? Uh, there's a book, Esther. So we have Esther who would have been alive around 520 B.C., all right? Darius would have been alive around that time as well, all right? So we, now we know that, that uh, Darius didn't take over from the Medes and, or the, the Persians till a little bit later, but um, during, uh, during her reign, short reign, Esther, um, one of her sons, who was prophesied by name about 200, almost 200 years prior, was mentioned in the book of Isaiah. Now, this is amazing. This is probably one of the most amazing prophecies that a king would be mentioned by name 
200 years before it happened. Now, does anybody know who, which name that is? Okay, it's, I, I believe it's in um, Isaiah 45, end of 44, 45. If somebody wants to look that up quickly, um, and see if you find a name, all right? Was most likely Queen Esther's son. Anybody find it? Sorry? Cyrus. Who said Cyrus? Anyways, you got it. Cyrus. Cyrus is mentioned two, almost 200 years before he was born by Isaiah saying that, and God is saying, let me tell you that I know the end from the beginning. I want to let you know, I know the end from the beginning, and I want you to know that this king will come to be, Cyrus. And it was Cyrus that basically mentioned, mentions, and he knew this passage, and it's, it's according to uh, a historian, Josephus, who lived, who is not necessarily a believer, he's, he's not mentioned in scriptures, but Josephus was a historian, and him looking into this and the history, uh, and he would have lived uh, around the time of just shortly after Jesus, would have known uh, the history, don't quote me on that, but I, I'm believing that it was just shortly after Jesus or within uh, 50 years of Jesus. But he's studying history, and he comes across this, this thing, and he's basically saying that Cyrus was so taken by the fact that Isaiah had quoted or had mentioned his name 200 years prior and basically made a statement that this God that the Israel serve is the one that you need to serve. He is above all, and we will allow, in fact, the Babylonians that have taken all the things of the temple and whatever, we are going to give them back what he had taken that they can restore the temple and also the walls, the breaches. So he was the king. This is like five, in the 500s now. That he is, and Isaiah lived in like around 700 BC. So now this king is saying, let the, uh, the walls be repaired. Let the temple be rebuilt. When Cyrus, now we know that there was a faction in Jerusalem at the time, or uh, in, in Israel at the time, saying, hey, we don't want the, the temple rebuilt. We don't want the walls to be brought up uh, or to be repaired. And had gone to, to, to the king, uh, I, I believe uh, Darius and also uh, Cyrus, to say, hey, we need to have this, actually Cyrus, we, can this not happen? And he said, no, no, this is going to happen. When Cyrus died, his son, who didn't really care for the Jews, said, nope, stop. They can't keep rebuilding. So for a number of years, there was no work that was being done until Darius, uh, he then, once he came into power over everybody, the Medes and the Persians and all of them, um, he as well said, no, 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 start rebuilding. So Darius actually loved the, the Jews and, and the, the God of the Jews. 
And so he allowed them to start rebuilding. Now, this is the, the, the part that I read today. Josephus says there was between Cyrus's son, Cam, Cambyses or Cam, Cambyses or whatever, and Darius, there was about one year where the Magi, in the transition, where the Magi were in power. So this would have been like in the 520s or so, uh, where this, there's this transitioning between the son and then who had died, Cam Cambyses, and then also uh, Darius coming into power, that the Magi were in charge of overseeing the kingdom, the empire, the Medes and the Persians. Interesting. Now, a lot of times we, we think of the fact that, oh, the people back then were so backwards and whatever. To me, I'm always amazed when, I, when Julie and I go out in a, in a new place or whatever that has some history, is to look at the history. Like, I'm very fascinated. If you've ever gone to Montreal, um, there's an old section of Montreal, the old town, that's about 400 years of age. The reason that part of that is in, of interest to us is that uh, Julie's ancestor, ancestry, actually their great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather came over uh, in the 1600s and, and was in that area. So Julie's uh, parent or father uh, and the Leclerc's were here in the late 1600s. I say all that to say this, when I look at some of the architecture and what they they had done, and even I, I just say I marvel at their the architecture, how advanced the buildings are, the churches, some of the churches that are like a thousand years of age. It's like ah, these things are still standing, and the 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 the, the ornate aspect of how much they did and how long it took. There was, there was pride in the work. And even going back now, we go back 2,000 years to the, the Romans, and we go back even further than that, we recognize that these people were way more advanced than we ever would give them credit for to the point of writing things down. Things were written down. The things that Daniel prophesied were written down. These magi, these, these wise men from the east were learned men. They were the, the, the intellectuals of their society. And they're recognizing, and you might say, well, what could they possibly have read? That and, and it probably was the star that showed up first that grabbed their attention to say, there's something happening here. And in their readings, to tie in with something that was prophesied from way back when, even according to time. Let me just read this. This is Daniel chapter 9. So Daniel is not a huge book, but it's prophetic. In fact, the prophecies of, that, are, uh, they, that are given in the book of Daniel are, there's a section of it, that is for today. What's happening right now. It hasn't happened yet. But it is coming. And, and so we, we read of these weeks of years. That are mentioned in Daniel. And so they would have. 
known this, and they could have known, they would have known, oh yeah, we know. We know because it was part of our history that there were decrees given that this temple, the temple should be built or rebuilt. We're aware of that, and in, probably in their studies, they would have come across this passage in Daniel chapter 9, from verse 24 to 26. Let me read it. Seventy weeks, and these weeks are weeks of years. Okay, so a week has seven, seven days in it, and it's a week. This is not days. We're talking years. All right, just keep that in mind. Seventy weeks, and the word weeks can be translated not just days, a week of days, of one week, but it can also be translated a week of years. So seven years, all right? So 70 weeks, so how many, 70 times seven, how many is, how many years would that be? How many? 490 years. Seven times seven is 49. Now we have 70 times seven is 490 years are determined for your people and for your holy city, which is Jerusalem, to finish the transgression or the sin that was, was done, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity so that there's a turning of the things of, of iniquity, to deal with iniquities and that there would be a salvation that would come, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, any idea of who the most holy might be? Jesus. To anoint the most holy. Know therefore, understand. Now, here comes the years. This is amazing. That from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks so seven weeks, how many years? Seven times, seven times, seven weeks would be seven times seven, which is how many years? 49 years. It will take 49 years. And there was delays that took in. So the time to rebuild actually took 49 years, not counting the delays, because there were delays from that, from that decree that went out from Cyrus and then was stopped by Cambius. Cambyses, and then also uh, would have been um, started up again. So there were delays in there. And we, we read of those delays in Ezra and Nehemiah. We realize and we read through and we recognize that, man, these guys, or, or there was some, some opposition, some major opposition to the rebuilding of the walls and the temple, especially the temple. And so the actual time that they worked on it and rebuilding, how, does anybody remember how long it took them to rebuild the walls? Like it was unbelievable how short a time it was. Anybody remember? 52 days. 52 days and they rebuilt all the walls or the breaches in the wall. Now, when it came to the, the temple itself, to rebuild the temple took way, it, it took decades and it says here it would take 49 years of actual building and repairing or, or putting things back into place. 49 years minus the breaks in between. So there were breaks in between. 
and 62 years. Anybody want to do quick math? 62 times 7? 434. 434 plus the 49 years gives 483 years minus the, the, the time in between. All right? Now, these guys would have probably figured out, oh my goodness, this star in the sky matching up with these scriptures, it's talking about, and the scripture's saying, to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So 70, or seven and 62 is 69 out of the 70 years. There's one year left of years, seven years. Those last seven years have not happened yet, will be the great tribulation, is what's going to happen. And then, there will be the coming, ultimately, of the, the prince. But there's this break in between where he comes the first time. And these guys, it says, the street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. So those, that's, those were the delays. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Basically, it was, this was prophesying roughly to the year when Jesus would be crucified and not for himself, who did Jesus die for? For us. He died for the Jews. He died for the Gentiles. We're Gentiles. We're not Jewish. Some of you, someone might have some Jewish blood here. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But for the most part, we're Gentiles. We're not Jews. Jesus died for the Jews and for the Gentiles, for all of mankind, if they would believe in him. So the Magi here now, are saying, hey, this star that's in the sky is, is getting them to say, what, like, what's with this star? You and I, we wouldn't have noticed the star so much as they did. It's like, this star here, there's something about this star. And in their, their, their researching as astronomers in, and in the writings, what have come across Daniel's writings because after the Babylonians, Darius knew Daniel. Darius knew Daniel. And so the writings would have been given over because they are now the superpowers. So they're saying, we want all the writings. We're, we're scholars. We're, we're intellectuals. Give us all your writings. So they would have taken over the libraries of the Babylonians, and some of the things, the, the things of prophecy, who knows, maybe there was a section of prophecies given by whoever. Well, let's just see which prophet would actually be right, because we know that the things that Daniel wrote were written before it happened. So Daniel's writings would have stuck out to them as this man and writing, and the God that he's writing about, we're going to take note of. And who knows that one year where the Magi, this was possibly found, as they had access for that one year to the libraries and whatever, there was no king shutting them down, there was no power that was controlling, and so here they are, they're reading and reading and reading, and would have come across this. It would have been known by the Magi, these wise men from the east. All right. I don't know about you, when I found that today in Josephus, which is, he's not even, he's a secular historian, 
Jewish historian. To me, that's quite fascinating. And it ties in with these guys, however many there were, whether it was only three or four or however many, they were looking for this king of the Jews that was written about and to the year. They knew he hadn't died yet, or at least they hadn't heard that some king had died. He would be cut off and not for himself. So that hadn't happened yet because it didn't line up with the time from the start of that decree. They would have known exactly the year and the date that the decree went out for the temples to start to be rebuilt. And so they would have done the math very easily and say, oh my goodness, this king, there's a good chance that he is alive. In fact, they were, they were with all their studying and whatever, would say, the king must, this king must be being born at this time. He's like, it's still 30 years or so before the time of his death, 33 years or whatever length of time it was before his death, the death of Jesus Christ. I find this fascinating. I want to say this, and I want to go over these, a few characteristics, and I'll tell you right now, if you follow these characteristics, you will be considered wise, regardless of how little education you may have. I don't know about you. After being, after high school, I went to grade 13 when we still had grade 13 here in Ontario. So the, the academics went on to grade 13. We'd go on to, to university. And uh, so in my short existence, I had an undergraduate degree. So I and then I had got another degree in for education. So I have two degrees. And I say, who cares? Who cares? Like, it's like, as I said in the past, whipty ding. Whipty ding dong. <laughs> That's why my mom was saying whipty ding dong. It's like, who cares? But I, I just. If you want to be considered wise, these characteristics, number one, seek Jesus Christ. Not just to, okay, I know of Jesus Christ. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Get to know Jesus Christ. Get to know him. They were seeking after him. They came who knows how many miles, several hundred miles, I don't know how many miles it is from the, the one end of, of, of Persia uh, to, to Jerusalem, how many miles that is, maybe a few hundred miles anyways. They came all this way looking for the king. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, as you guessed he would be. Uh, and all Jerusalem with him. It wasn't just King Herod. It was like all of Jerusalem or many in Jerusalem were saying, what? There's a, a king of the Jews? Well, you know, Herod, we really don't care for Herod. Like, he's not the best king. Now, mind you, he did do quite a bit on the temple. 
There was much work that Herod did on the temple, probably to, to keep the people and to appease the people and to, to whatever. So they were troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now these are the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquires of them, hey, where is this Christ supposed to be born? He said, I, I haven't heard of this. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Which is Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So they're now looking at the prophets and the things that were prophesied beforehand. Micah lived uh, probably in the, the 500s. Don't quote me on that one. But... Uh, he was one of the, the last of the minor prophets uh, that was alive. And this was prophesied where Jesus would come from, what, what town, what city or what town, and in Bethlehem, from Bethlehem. Interesting. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. What time? He called, so he calls these wise men. Hey, so... When did you find the star? When did it start? Or when did it show up? When did you, when you come to find out about this star? And so they determined, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. You think? You think that King Herod wanted to worship with them? No, no. Now, when it comes to seeking, let me just say this. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, this is, is Jeremiah writing. He's actually writing about the Jews that are still in captivity. They're in captivity still. All right? And he's saying, I, I know the thoughts that I have for you. They're for peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And I, I just want to say that that is not just for the Jews coming out of captivity. That's also for us. Now listen, to have the thoughts of peace, so God's intent for us is peace, to give us a future and a hope, then you will call upon me and, you, and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'll tell you, we get so caught up with life. We get so caught up with our own wisdom. And so we go chasing after this and that to find the answers. And I'm telling you, you put Jesus Christ first. Seek him First, and I know, and this, hey, this happens to me as well. As this week, it's like, oh my goodness, there's so much stuff that needs to be done. And uh, with that, if there's anybody that can help me tomorrow to move somebody, uh, please see me after service, all right? So if you haven't seen me yet, I need your help. Truly, I do. And 
I'm just thinking there's so much stuff that needs to be done in our life, and we get caught up by these different things, and it's like we get sidetracked. These wise men, in their who knows how many years they were searching, and, and, and whether it was the star that showed up, and we, we know roughly. Uh, so when did the star show up? How many year, how many how much time beforehand? Do you think? Huh, huh, sorry, two years. The star had been there already for two years, and we'll we'll know why uh, when we see uh, King Herod's response. Okay, and that was re also prophesied. The 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 response of King Herod. So probably two years. We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him and they're seeking him. And they, they probably would have noted that star first. And they're thinking, is there anything that's prophesying about, the, about this? And like, why is, why is this star stuck over this area? Showing up. And who knows why it showed up, but it could have been that, that it's in a, a path of movement, you might say, how, why would it show up just for that time? It's possibly as it was coming around, it was coming towards them, or coming towards them, and then would have swung away afterwards. And so this time of two years or whatever, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just doing a, an educated guess at this point in time. I'm not an astronomer, so I don't know. But I, I, I would say that as something would come across like this, you can see it's, it's moving across, but if it would come back this way and come towards and then keep going, I don't know. Just a thought. But so they had seen the star in the same place for about two years. They know it's in Bethlehem. Now, according to Micah 5 verse 2, that this ruler should be coming up in Bethlehem. So they're heading then to Bethlehem. You will f seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. These guys were going with all their heart. We're going to look for Jesus. We're going to look for this ruler of the Jews until we find him. And I say to you, you have found him. Get to know him better and better and better. In that is wisdom. A wise man. They seek Jesus Christ. Secondly, when they, had, they heard the king, they departed. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding, exceedingly great joy. So they found him. They found Jesus in Bethlehem. They found Jesus. Listen, I want to say to you, this passage... Jeremiah 29, verse 13. When you go after Jesus, he will reveal himself to you. You will find him. You will find him. And for all of you that are looking at this video, you seek after Jesus, you will find him. He will reveal himself to you. It is of wisdom. You are wise in that search. Hallelujah. Verse 11. And when they had 
come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. So let me just say, what is the description of Jesus at this point, age-wise? Sorry? Child. He's not the babe. So, sorry, folks. You know, when you, you see the shepherds and the wise men together in the little uh, card, it is scripturally inaccurate. Okay, just so you know, Jesus was no longer a babe in a manger, so they must have found a place in Bethlehem, and here they, they've come to worship Jesus. They've, they've come to worship him. And it says, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. So this word means to, to go from a, a standing position to a prostrate position, to fall down. There's a passage in Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11. This is the action that we should have as well. It says, therefore, God also has ex ex highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Jesus Christ, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 9-11. In our worship of him, there is a falling down, there is a bending of the knee. I, I bend my knee to Jesus Christ. That is wisdom. The wise shall worship the Lord in bending the knee and confessing with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. As we confess this in our life, I'm telling you, that is wisdom. That is wisdom according not just to man, it is according to God who called these magi wise men. They're wise in the fact that they would bend their knee and they would worship him. We are wise to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and worship Him. So if you're writing things down, number one, seek Him. Number two, you will find Him. Wise men will find Him. Number three, wise men will worship Him. Number four, treasure Him. In fact, they came prepared to give. This is what we, we, we acknowledge as our value, the value that we have of you. You know what? We've been talking about uh, Jesus' name being used blasphemy, blasphemously. Um, there, to just swear and use Jesus' name as a curse word. But to reverence his name above all names. Every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The wise will treasure him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, we know what gold is. Frankincense, you may not know what it is, but it is a, a perfume. Frankincense is a perfume. 
and myrrh, which is also a perfume. But myrrh is a bitter gum and costly perfume, which exudes from a certain tree or shrub in Arabia and Ethiopia, Ethiopia, or is obtained by incisions made into in the bark, and is an antiseptic. As an antiseptic, it's also used for embalming. All right, so very costly. It does have a fragrance. Uh, it also has antiseptic. Uh, uh, properties in it so that it's, it's like you know you get a cut you get whatever so it's it's like a very uh, uh, soothing uh, healing balm uh, as well so interesting here that these things are of extreme value for for the person that has diabetes type 1 diabetes does anybody know what is critical for a type 1 diabetic? Anyone? Insulin. So type 1 diabetics need to have insulin daily. If they don't have insulin, insulin on a regular basis, there is, they can die. They will die. They will die. So that medication is extremely valuable for the one that has in, uh, diabetes type 1 diabetes. Now, so these things were given to the Lord. Very costly. The gold, who knows how, how long it sustained Joseph and Mary, even when they had to flee. They had to flee to Egypt. They were out of Israel for several years until Herod died. Because Herod wanted to do something. The last thing, it says in verse 12, it says, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. I want you to know that as you seek the Lord, Jesus, with all your heart, that there will be supernatural things happening in your life. There will be guidance given to you, whether it's by the word of God, just as these guys, it seems like because they searched the scriptures. doesn't say that, but there's an inference that's given that, you know what, these guys, they must have been searching scriptures. That as we search the scriptures, as we not just search, but we act on scripture, the New Testament given to us, the instruction given to us in the New Testament, follow it. Follow it with all your heart. The Word of God. There will be a guiding of you by supernaturally, by signs and wonders, biblically as it is written. These are things that we should do. And divinely, it says in a dream that they were warned in a dream, don't go back to Herod. I just want to say to you, you are wise. If you look for Jesus, you will find him, worship him, be prepared to surrender to him, to yield yourself to him, to give yourself to him, treasure him, treasure the Lord. You will be led by God from start to finish as you sur surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord. Hallelujah.
Matthew, or Hebrews 13, verse 20. And this, this passage is, is, to me, is just powerful. Verse 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So because of Jesus coming 2,000 years ago, it was with the intent to die. But he was raised from the dead. And through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the Lord God desires to make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Wise man, wise man, wise woman, as we go after him, seek him, find him, worship him, treasure him, be led by God from start to finish. God loves you. God loves you so much. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So for those of you, whether you're here or watching online, as we find Jesus, invite him into your life. Believe on him. Invite him into your life. Jesus, come into my life. I confess my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I believe what you did for me on the cross. Be a part of my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord. And as we do this, as you do that, you have life that will be forever with the Lord Jesus as you continue to walk by faith in the one that died for you, the one that loved you, the God that would, would come and die for you. Just amazing, just amazing. He does love you. Hallelujah. Let's just stand together. I just want to close in prayer tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for scriptures that, that tell of these wise men. Lord, one day we will know for sure um, about these magi. Lord, I believe that we will see these wise men in heaven. Lord, we will spend eternity with them. Lord, I, I pray that each one of us would be wise, not according to the wisdom of this world, but according to your wisdom. Lord, even as you have indicated here with these men, their, their wisdom in, in coming, seeking you and finding you, worshiping you, Lord, being led by you, treasuring you. And Lord, I just pray that this would be who we are, wise. Lord, for those that are watching online, that they would, that they would know what it is to be wise, even as they hurt today. Lord, we commit ourselves to you, not our, not our wisdom, but your wisdom. Lord, not our will, but your will be done in our lives. We surrender to you. We bow our knee to you. Have your way in us. We give you all the praise and the glory. And we thank you, Lord, that even when we go far astray, when we turn to you with all our heart, we will find you. Lord, Regardless of our past, regardless of where we're at, as long as we're still breathing, or there is a way to make things right and to be called wise by you and have eternity with you, to be made complete in you and through you. 
Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for tonight, for all those here tonight. I just give you all the praise and the glory. Bless them in this Christmas season as we remember your coming 2,000 years ago. Lord, that we'd recognize you are coming again. We look forward to your return. That our lives now would bring you all praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.